Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The last thing you need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask. The president has traveled back to Wilmington a couple of times since taking office. The CDC does still urge people not to travel for personal reasons. Well, the president lives in Wilmington. Um, it's his home. Uh, that's where he's lived for many, many years. And as you know, as any president of the United States does, he takes a reacting? private airplane I'm called Air Force to One to travel there. What were you thinking as he's asking you these questions? I thought he's trying to sleep with me. The governor is trying to sleep with me. And I'm deeply uncomfortable. And I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. What made you think that he was trying to sleep with you? Without explicitly saying it, he, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. Oof. That is, I believe, a credible witness. Alice Shattuck, she seems to have yeah. a good head on her shoulders and able to. she's able to communicate plainly that Cuomo was... A uh, creep? Yeah, there's no doubt. If you, if you don't ever, there's no reason. If, if, if I get fired from my work, Alice, mm-hmm. and the allegation was that I was talking, saying those words, mm-hmm. the only reason I was saying those words was because I was trying to sleep with somebody. There's no other reason. Yeah, it doesn't at work come up like, no. well, how old of guys do you date? Because I date people your age. Yes. It's tough. You know, I'm so lonely. Like, it doesn't. that's not a normal work conversation. That was Charlotte Bennett. That special comes out tonight mm-hmm. on CBS, or, or if you're listening on Friday, that, that came out uh, last night. And I just think that, that Cuomo's taken too many torpedoes here. He didn't. There doesn't seem to be sexual assault that happened. No, but he's aside a, from just randomly kissing people, which and, and, I mean, and, and, he is an Italian, right? So. It ma- Oh, 
I'm going to distance myself <laughs> once again. I'm sorry I married a white supremacist. Is, she, he is. I like Italians. Yes. Well, which ones don't you like, Alice? Which nationalities don't you like? Really, just really quickly. To, no, okay. So, so he is. Um, she, he's a creep. There's no doubt about that. It just matters. Two years ago, he'd have been gone. That's it. No, this is this is what he did was more than Al Franken. Two years ago, everybody was heaved overboard because mm-hmm. it was the time for that reckoning, the Me Too reckoning. Right. Last summer. It was the George Floyd reckoning where you weren't allowed to condemn riots or else you had to be erased from the earth. <laughs> so we'll see. I hope he is gone. I did speak to my friend Doug V.B. Gowdy, who's right there in Albany, New York. Uh, he had some interesting insight about um, about how how uh, Cuomo runs his pressers and deals and controls his messaging. Mm-hmm. And this guy is um, – he is a, a – um, a, a control freak, uh, along with being a prima donna and a creepy jerk. So here we go. I will talk with VB right now. All right. It is about time I uh, say hello to my friend, the Burn Barrel friend, uh, VB, Doug Gowdy. Of the Doug and Kelly show now, WGY News Radio 810 in 103.1 in New York. Now, are you a New Yorker now? Greetings from upstate New York, Shattuck. How are you? Yes, I am. I am an official. Although I don't get my New York plates until next Tuesday, uh, but that's about to happen. So yes, I am an official New Yorker now. So uh, are you going to like? Or should I say? Or should I say? I am New York tough. Oh Jesus! Oh God! <laughs> So we didn't have a third one this week, but number two, no, we did have a third one this week. So number two accuser. and number three, accuser of uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, emerged. I thought the second accuser was the most damaging, This, you know, with him. Charlotte Bennett? Yeah, yeah, with him. I don't know. Lindsey Boylan was pretty good. If, <laughs> as first lines of accusations go, we should play strip poker is a pretty good one. Um, Charlotte Bennett had a lot there, the idea of, do you like to sleep with older men was a line that I think we all think was like, wow. Yeah. And then the third one, that picture with Anna Rock with his hands on her face. It's like Joker, Joker and a triple. There were a lot of people here in upstate that thought, you know what? For a guy that's never going to leave, he may have to leave. It looks like he's weathered it for now. But I'll tell you, if there is even one more thing, he is, a, as somebody eloquently put it on our show today, People think that he's skating. He's skating on really thin ice is what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. And that's the fact that he started this thing saying, well, I absolutely deny anything. This is all to, to, you know, a few days ago, he's like, I'm touchy feely, you know, sometimes. And then yesterday, a bit of a grovel. And, uh, you know, it's how I communicate. It's how, like you were saying, I mean, this guy has moved the needle on what exactly happened several times. So he's got a truth problem, too. The thing that he said yesterday that I, I just keep making a big deal of, and I know that others picked up on it. The New York Post says it on the front page. When he said, this is what I want you to know. I never touched someone inappropriately. I never touched someone inappropriately. Okay, but there's two problems with that statement. One, the picture tells a different story your hands are on her face and she Anna Rock has said I didn't want his hands on my face right. so yes you did touch someone inappropriately second of all 
What difference does that make? This isn't 1980. The line for sexual harassment isn't physical contact anymore. If you're in a position of authority over someone and you are saying things like, do you like to sleep with older men? That's sexual harassment. Touching has nothing to do with it. So in classic Cuomo fashion, he talks real big. He talks real tough. But what he's talking about has nothing to do with what actually is happening. And that's what he did in that statement. Yeah, and his kind of deflection, his deflection is lecturing still. He's always like, you've misunderstood, and it should be very obvious to you. It's half like a smarm and half lawyer, but it, I, I don't think people like it. I think he comes off like... You think? <laughs> <laughs> how about the defense of, by the way, this is how my father did it. What does that have to do with anything? I mean, so if my father was Don Draper, I could do whatever Don Draper did for Mad Men. Like, I don't care what your father did. I know what you're doing in 2019 at a wedding, and it's entirely inappropriate. And by the way, you I don't know if you saw the whole presser, but at the end of it, one of the reporters said, I'm just curious if someone on your staff had been accused of these things that you've been accused of, how would you handle it? And he absolutely ignored it because we know how he's handled it in the past when he was attorney general, when he was working for Clinton, et cetera. Those guys would be gone. Everybody right. knows they would be gone. No questions asked. There would be no benefit of the doubt. There would be no wait for an investigation. There would be no wait for the facts. There would be none of that. It would be gone and that's it. And yet this is what we're told now. We got to wait. We got to play this out. By the way, I don't believe in any way that the attorney general's report is going to be favorable to him. We know this already. She doesn't like him and she buried him on the nursing home stuff. Mm -hmm. She's going to bury him again. I'm sure of it, but he's buying time with that, obviously. Yeah, uh, I I don't think he I don't think he makes it. I think he's going. To, he's got to he's got to get out of dodge. And one of the things is that, that it doesn't. Men know yeah. when they're hitting on women. Well, women know too. Right. Oh, sorry about that. Men. There's know. a lot of women that have been coming out. To, you know, sort of anonymously say, "Oh yeah, I work there. This is no news to me, or this isn't a surprise." Right. What they will say is. I never saw that as harassment, particularly. He is a weird, quirky guy who thinks this is funny or charming. You know the type. We know this type. Oh, yeah. You and I both. We have a mutual friend that is like this. And we've told that person many times, look, you got to cut the crap. Somebody's got to tell him you got to cut the crap. The problem is he's such a bully. And we found that out with the whole Ron Kim situation that nobody dares go up to him and say you've done anything wrong or inappropriate <laughs> because that, then the ire turns on you. Yeah. Uh, you know, any t- if ever you're talking to a young lady who works under you, who's 25, and you say you're, you date, you know, I'd accept women 22 and up and ask her about sec- her sex life with her boyfriend. These are all, you know, l- tiny little pings sent out to see if you're going to get the reaction you're looking for to build on on that dialogue into something better. I mean, this is simply, he's just trying to pick up the staff. That's exactly what he's trying to do. And this thing with um, with Charlotte Brennan, is it Brennan? No, it's not. Charlotte Bo- Bennett. Charlotte Bennett is the middle one. Yes. Lindsay Boylan is the first one. Anna Ruck is the third one. Yeah, Charlotte Bennett is the middle one, and there's so much there. Not, don't forget, he apparently or allegedly told her, you look a lot like, the sister of a woman that I dated, but you're the much better looking sister. Right. 
<laughs> what kind of creepy thing is that to say to someone? Oh, he does not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I have. I've never had game, so I don't know what to say. But I don't think you say that. But but he was. Uh, but to browbeat her about her own sexual assault. And to say, hey, you were uh, violated, it was a terrible thing to happen to you, again and again and again, I mean, that is trying to break her down. Trying to break well, her down. Well, again, he put that in his initial response, and everybody said, was that public knowledge that she was a sexual assault victim? Because it seemed like he just outed her. Yeah. Nobody had heard of her, but nobody certainly had heard of any sexual assault, and he put that out for public. And then he said, you know, look, I was trying to mentor her. And everybody said... What a guy. She was, she was 25 with no, although qualified to be in the governor's office, she had no particular special area of expertise that anyone knows about. And she had no like ridiculously high qualifications more than anybody else. So the question became, well, why would you want to mentor her particularly versus the myriad of other people in your office that A, could have been mentored, B, that probably were better qualified for higher up positions, yet you chose to take her under your wing. Why? No one knows because he does these coronavirus pressers where everyone's on a Zoom and they control them so there's no follow-up. They hmm. mute out questions that they don't like. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. no one gets to ask what really needs to be asked. Hmm. So today was supposed to be Inauguration Day for Trump. Uh, I'm sure you knew. At the United States Capitol, the guys, the people in Antlers uh, were supposed to take over the uh, the ship of state today. Didn't happen. How long? Still, there are troops in the in the Capitol. How long do you think these troops are going to be there? I hope they're gone tomorrow for their sake. I mean, the stories we keep hearing and all that. I look, I was there an overreaction to this year. There's going to be for a while. Right. Any sort of threat down there is got You got to because. They were asleep at the switch on the 6th, then you can't have that again. I, I assume there'll be some version of troops there for a little while. It can't be as many as have been there. At some point, these guys got to get, get back to what they were doing, not that. Well, don't you, if you're, if you're Biden, don't you keep troops around there right through the midterms and try to say, hey, look, look at our capital now. When you're voting for these congressmen, Remember, they caused this with their fealty to Trump, and they've caused our capital to be locked down. I mean, it would be going on a year and a half to do it. It'd be a, it's a bold plan, but why wouldn't you? It's perfectly cynical. I, I get the feeling that the Obama administration would absolutely do it. Do you think just your gut and you uh, you I don't microaggress here. You're you have an ample gut, right? Correct. So so look deep into that gut. Do you think Biden is enjoying the job? No, I don't think so. I think that he's enjoying making phone calls to friends, making appointments, um, you know, doing favors to old pals like John Kerry and you know people way you know in the interior of all the bureaucracies. And I think he's going to do that. And then I think in a few months after he's enjoyed all the spoils, I think he's going away. I think he's going away to for some Joe time. I think he's stunned with this stimulus package, for example. I think he thought, snap your fingers, we have control, we're good. And he is now finding out what a lot of people are finding out, that the AOCs of the world they don't just do what you want them to do and they don't stop. And now they are agreeing to things that they never thought were going to come up. And once you start giving into that side, you have a problem on your hands. And 
I don't know what's next, but I think this is not going nearly as smoothly as he thought. And it's not the Republicans that are causing him the trouble. He's finding out what Pelosi found out a couple of years ago, which is you can't ignore these people and you can't deal with these people. They either get what they want or they become a problem. And so you wait for the Green New Deal stuff to come up. How are they going to bargain any of that? Because they don't bargain and you just you just let them win on who's getting checks and you might be letting them win on minimum wage too. We don't even know yet, right. but once you empower them that way, look out. So but the, I don't think he's enjoying the work at all. No, either do I. And it's a, and it, because it's absurd, you know, in another reason why you're right is because the administration has admit admitted that it's speaking woke language. So every cabinet member who comes in talks about the uh, inequity and inequality and into the social justice aspect of what has to happen in their capacity. For some reason, the Secretary of Transportation has to have social justice, and the Secretary, uh, the Secretary of the Navy has to have social justice. Everybody has to have this stuff. And so it signals that this administration is adhering to woke doctrine. So when you do that, you can be bullied by true wokesters. Do you not know that his staff has been pouring over public images to try and make sure that there's no shot of him reading to Bo a Dr. Seuss book? Because we know that happened with the hat that had the Washington football team logo on it when the kid was five and Joe took him to a game. And nobody doesn't think that Joe Biden likes Dr. Seuss, but they've got to play this game now. So they pretend like, well, no, it's not his thing. Of course it's his thing. It's, it was Kamala Harris's thing up until two years ago. Yep. She was singing his breath. Obama, there's pictures of him reading. But it doesn't matter because you either go with it or you got a big problem in your hands. And this is only going to get worse for him. You wait and see. All right. What is better food-wise in New York that was better than Massachusetts? Boy, I, why are you doing this to me, I don't Shattuck? know. I, but I, I would assume the deli hope- sandwiches are phenomenal up here. Absolutely phenomenal. And nice. I've been to probably 10 places. Uh, every one of them just fantastic. That is beautiful. Really good. I'm assuming it's you, you of all people would love it. The corned beef up here. Ooh. I'm not a huge corned beef guy. Oh, I love it. I've had like three corned beef, corned beef deli sandwiches that are tremendous. Now up here, they do it with the coleslaw and Russian dressing, which I don't. Are they the size but- of cinder blocks like down in the city? In New York City, they're big. We like they are that. Big. I approve. Heavy, All right, and they come with well, side potato salad and a. Pickle. I'm visiting this weekend. He is um, VB the Wise <laughs> on Twitter. The Doug and Kelly Show is the morning show for WGY eight ten and one hundred three point one. VB, thank you. All right, Shattuck. Be well. See you later. Expression. Circle back, Jen Saki. Circle back. That's your way of saying to the media pack. If the fact's in doubt, you'll go find things out and give more details when you circle back. She's no, no hack. Jen She's no, no hack. hack. By the way, thank you to VB. Um, if it sounded to you like in the last minute or so, a child was tortured in the background, that was at VB's house. I heard it too. <laughs> Are we concerned? Sure. Will we uh, make any phone calls? No. <laughs> Things happen in life. I'm a parent. I understand everything. It is now time for Jen Saki. She had a busy day today. If you're somebody who is worried about the price of gas, because when gas is expensive, it comes right out of your uh, bank 
uh, account, and it can be painful and also causes goods and services and deliveries and all sorts of other things to get more expensive. So gas prices are important. And, you know, it's it's a relief to people, working families especially, at a time like now when there's no money around, it is a relief to people to not have to spend 68 bucks to fill up a gas tank. Mm-hmm. And people, especially if you move to the boonies like where we are, you have to drive many, many miles per day. And in the world that happens because not all of us live in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, Biden's policymakers do. So here, Jen Psaki, I know you're no hack. Can you please tell us, is there something that can be done for it to relieve or to ameliorate uh, the gas, the surge in gas prices. Prices are approaching $3 per gallon for the first time since 2014. Uh, Americans, as, as you well know, are, are cash strapped. Is the president planning to, to intervene somehow? OPEC Plus came out this morning and said they were going to limit supply. Does the president plan to intervene somehow, maybe call uh, the Saudi government, Russia, uh, anything in the toolbox to, to rein in the gas prices? I don't have anything on that to preview for you. Um, I will say, since you've given me uh, sort of an opportunity and opening here. Yeah, we haven't thought about that. We don't care. Screw you. Deal with it. We're not going to look into what we're not calling Saudi Arabia. But I'm about to do a commercial for some legislation we'd like passed. Is that there's been a lot of reporting on um, kind of what kind of relief would come out of the American Rescue Plan, something that can help address a range of issues the American people are having, whether it's uh, the cost of gas or it's the uh, inability uh, or concern. This is her putting the question directly into the paper shredder in front of the reporter. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah, I don't really care to answer your crap. I'm going to spend a couple of minutes on our other thing, though. We don't care about gas. gas prices. Probably this administration, probably many of the same people mm-hmm. um, who were in the Obama administration, it's they like rising gas prices. They've when Obama at least wasn't shy about talking, admitting it. He liked it. They want to force you over to electric vehicles, out of your stupid trucks and other things, because you know they have. Uh, you know they mm-hmm. drive hybrid um, uh, Teslas in um queens or wherever they're living in mm-hmm. and if they don't see why you in the midwest who might actually do something or in the rest of the world should do anything but be like them because they're really cool and why wouldn't you want to emulate them right of course and i mean this is something that a lot of politicians do and i think people see right through it which is that they just you know every question happens to be about their pet issue i mean you see people on the left do it like if you're a person whose structural racism is your thing then every question is about structural racism if you're a question if you're a person who the american rescue plan is what you feel like talking about today then every question is just about how the american rescue plan can help people and i think you know yeah but i was told she's no hack right so but i mean i think a lot of people fall into that trap like without being hacks right i mean i think that you know, Yang had this problem too, and Bernie Sanders to an extent has it too. Where well, people Yang would was ask, a one-issue candidate, right? Y- people would ask Yang a question, and about you know, if people asked Yang about gas prices, Yang's answer would be, "Well, we should have universal basic income." Mm-hmm. You know, and so and Bernie Sanders too. This was like a frustration with Bernie Sanders is like the very woke people would ask Bernie Sanders, like, "How do you feel about you know structural racism and inequity and blah blah blah?" And he would say, "You know, well, like being a social democracy would fix that." You know, so and and that's not responsive to what people are asking, which is why those types of candidates get pigeonholed. But it can also happen to 
you know, more mainstream politicians like with Biden. And this is like the trap Jen Psaki's falling into here is it's like every question is actually about the American rescue plan. Everything's about the American rescue plan. But it is a trap because what's going to happen is Biden's actually president and this thing is actually going to pass. And um, it's not going to solve all of everyone's problems forever. It's not going to get the kids back in school. That's also the answer to the question of why aren't kids back in school. The answer is we need to pass the American Rescue Plan. And, you know, and the question about gas prices, we need to pass the American Rescue Plan. I assume they're going to find a way to answer questions about the border with the American Rescue Plan, too. But mm-hmm. but the American Rescue Plan isn't is going to be passed, and it's not going to solve all those problems, and then they're going to need to pivot to something new to say because because it's not actually going to do all these things. The teachers unions aren't going to go back to school because Congress passed some bill that's going to spend some extra money in the schools over the next 10 years. What do they care? That doesn't have anything to do with oh, that. What this, oh, yeah. We should talk about that, actually. Put a pin in that, okay? Mm-hmm. Do we like people who say put, stick a pin in that? Mm-hmm. No. Do we no. like people who say mark the tape? Oh, uh, maybe. It's more... Those people are you? Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, let's go. Jen Psaki goes high on her moral um, stanchion here when mm-hmm. she is asked about Trump and the vaccine. The president has been pretty critical of the prior administration's handling of this pandemic, saying you inherited a mess here. But when it comes to vaccinations, you are following some of the same playbook here. So does the prior administration deserve some credit for laying the groundwork? Wh- which ones are we following? So Obama, so West Wing arrogant. Well, for instance, uh, former Trump HHS Assistant Secretary Admiral Brett Gerard has said that you're following... How about you pretend to be the person who answers the questions, Jen, and say which ones you're not following? Following 99% of the playbook they created on vaccines, uh, he has said that, that the prior administration deserves more credit here for at least getting the ball rolling on some of these. I don't think anyone deserves credit when half a million people in the country have died of this pandemic. Uh- so it doesn't make sense because it's about vaccines and it's mm-hmm. about credit. The element of credit doesn't need to be uh, melted down now, you know, into liquid form and right. cast off into the uh, into the ocean here. I mean, I'm so angry about this. This is one that actually really irks me because we listened to this same group of people, Obama and Kamala, or not Obama, but Biden and Kamala and all these people, um, cast doubts on the idea that there could even be a vaccine. All the media, all the liberals were making fun of Trump by saying there would be a vaccine by the end of the year, saying it couldn't happen, wouldn't be done, that that it was ridiculous, that it was reckless, that the vaccine would be dangerous. Kamala suggested she wouldn't trust uh, taking a vaccine under the Trump administration. And it makes me so angry because what if Trump had won that election? What mm-hmm. if Trump had won that election and they had continued sowing doubt about that vaccine And it makes me angry because I hear those same words parroted back to me from people I know who are vaccine skeptical. And even though they might be on the other side of the aisle, they'll say like, well, even Kamala Harris, who's now pro-vaccine, she admitted when she wasn't vice president that uh, it was rushed and she wouldn't take it. You know, these words come back to haunt you. And these words had a real impact on people's lives. And if they don't think that this actually impacted people, them casting aspersions on the vaccine at the time, when when there was clearly data that was showing that this was a great thing that was happening under Operation Warp mm-hmm. Speed, it's so... 
it's so frustrating to me that now they would come back and say that somehow Trump screwed up the vaccine or doesn't deserve credit for the vaccine when they were complete naysayers the entire time that the whole vaccine thing was happening. And then they come in and they're like, yeah, we did the vaccine. Trump deserves no credit. I, it it makes me mad. It yes, really does. I can tell you're visibly angry. It also should be worth saying that without this impossible feat of creating and distributing this vaccine mm-hmm. in this at this uh, incredible uh, pace that they've done this, right? Without it, then you may be looking at another five hundred thousand dead or another million dead. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a miracle. This vaccine thing. I know it just hates them to say, and more than dead bodies, etc. It's more important to be. Uh, to be angry at Trump and never give him credit. These are children, these West Wingers. These are children. So what our focus is on and when the president's focus is on when he came into office just over a month ago was ensuring that we had enough vaccines. We have that. We are going to have them now. I believe that's taking credit. And I, mm-hmm. there are 500,000 dead. I don't think yeah. we're supposed to be taking credit. I mean, about 100,000 of them in the Biden administration, I, I don't believe. think you're supposed to be taking credit. We had enough vaccinators and we had enough vaccine locations to get this pandemic. Maybe we'll write an editorial about this. What do you think? Maybe. I like it. Pandemic under control. Uh, there's no question. And all data points to the fact that there were not enough of any of those things when he took office. Uh, not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, there were just supposed barely- to be zero. We were just vaccinating a million people a day when Kamala and Joe were saying we were going to be vaccinating zero people a day. So we got up to a million. And I mean, obviously, I would expect it to continue accelerating. If it stayed at the same pace, that would be a problem. I mean, you'd have to like stop it to keep it at the same pace. I don't know. Uh, We are open eyed about the challenge we continue to uh, live under. And that's why he has been focused every single day and doing everything possible to get the pandemic under control. Uh, But those were there were shortages in all those areas uh, which were preventing us from moving forward on getting the pandemic under control go ahead isn't that great mm-hmm. we have too much class and grace to try to um you know to to even even um you know allow the idea of credit taking to enter this um enter this scenario here but because five hundred thousand are dead but we are happy to tell you how terrible it was when we got here we're happy to use this situation to tell you, you know, how bad the previous administration did. Um, there's an Air Force One question. This is the second time we've heard one of these. The president has traveled back to Wilmington a couple of times since taking office. The CDC does still urge people not to travel. For per- that last, those last 30 words I said, mm-hmm. I was completely lost. What? I was completely, the last 30 words I just said about the vaccine, mm-hmm. I totally lost my way. <laughs> I was disoriented. I didn't know what what I was saying. You I was out of okay things to, to say. I forgot the point. <laughs> I apologized, Alice. I'll try to be better. Okay. Reasons. Obviously, presidential travel is very different than commercial travel. But should the president be doing more to set an example about personal travel during a pandemic? Usually, I'd say it's a BS question. President's travel. But remember, Biden's listening to the science, listening to the people mm-hmm. in lab coats. Yeah. They say nobody traveled, nobody traveled, nobody traveled. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of personnel on Air Force One. Well, the president lives in Wilmington. Oh, oh, we didn't know that. I thought he that lived in Washington, D.C. We don't know that, that he lived in, that he lived in, in Wilmington. I see. Oh, so if you, 
have, if we have multiple houses. Yes, then you're allowed to. Okay. Um, it's his home. Uh, that's where he's lived for many, many years. And as you know, as any president of the United States does, he takes a private airplane called Air Force One. Never heard of it. Never, <laughs> called Air Force One. Never heard of it. No, she is, I mean, she is a completely earnest and honest and forthright. A uh, person not arrogant whatsoever. To travel there. Uh, that is, of course, a unique uh, uh, unique from most Americans. Uh, but I think most Americans would also see that as a unique circumstance. I don't know. I, I was told that the president not wearing a mask was a terrible thing as well. Because millions of people mm-hmm. wouldn't wear a mask because he didn't. Even, even though, though he got tested 85,000 times a day. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the CDC and CDC guidance, mm-hmm. um, I accidentally provided our listeners with misinformation yesterday because the CDC was planning to announce that um, vaccinated people could be indoors together without masks. No, they, that, that was information at the time you provided. They, well, now it's misinformation because that is no longer true. The CDC has changed their mind. They after backlash and political pushback, they have decided that they're not going to announce that it's okay for vaccinated people. Didn't to take be long for the American together. Federation of Teachers to pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, no longer put your mask back on when you get in the house. No longer vaccinated, uh, unvaccinated. One crock pot, one person in charge of it. So that was a short-lived excitement, but in some states, things are changing because not all the states listen to the crazy people at the CDC. So. Texas announced that they're opening. Texas, whoa! The last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime everything's fine. Take off your mask, forget it. Yeah, Texas Neanderthals. No, Texas no, 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 no. Neanderthals. And um, I'm glad we're back to saying Neanderthal because for a while it turned into Neanderthal, and I wanted to nuke <laughs> really? the Really, I did. I yeah, didn't you don't remember that. when, we, when Neanderthal, Neanderthal went away and Neanderthal came in? I don't remember that. I no. was just listening to the Jerry Jerry Callahan podcast today, and Jerry said. Yeah, they wanted to throw them under guillotines. And I thought, damn right, Jerry. That's how we all used to say it. Then his guest You said, used to say guillotines? Yeah, guillotine is how you'd say it. Because we're Americans. We weren't occupied by the French. But but his, <laughs> but his Aiden, the guy who was on, said it's guillotines. No, no. It's freaking guillotine, okay? L makes l noises, okay? <laughs> no, a double L in French. No, that's right. And if we're in Paris, then we'll do that. But not now. Not here. Uh, well, um... Are you struggling looking for something else? No, my camera turned off. No! Okay, hold on. Now, the next thing we have... I'm back, I'm back. It's safe. Your camera is turned off now. No, that is no good. Get me back on. I'm I'm the star. People want to look at my visage, I don't know what's going on. I'm just kidding. But it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay, you're back, too. Okay. We're bright now, though, because I have to turn off the thing. Okay. This is all fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go to, what do we go to next? Okay, there was a Karen situation badgering on a bus in Washington, Mm D.C. A woman got onto the bus without a mask, uh, and another woman decided to light her up because she was going to, it would go viral. It will go viral today. Ma'am, do you have a mask that you can put on? You don't have a mask on a public bus where there's other masks? Do you think your privilege is going to help you today? I don't think I need to explain to you that the woman without the mask is a white woman, and that's all I know. This is for the health and safety of everybody on the bus. You don't have a mask, and then you have the nerve to be putting on chapstick? I did. Last time I didn't say it. 
Why is that another an additional charge? Yeah, why is it a problem that she's putting on chapstick? I don't of all the sticks to put on, <laughs> chapsticks? Viral today. The bus driver can't do nothing. We asked you very politely, do you have a mask to put on, on the bus? Your privilege does not work for you on the metro bus. Great great job, woke liberals, by the way. Now that people are actually using this as this a, as a, as a thing. Your privilege doesn't work for you on the metro bus. Wait, listen to what she says here. Maybe in your Lexus. But not on the Metro bus, ma'am. You know, not to generalize whatsoever, pigeonhole somebody. I get the feeling Lexus owners are not bus pass holders. <laughs> you should have a mask on. This is for the health and safety of everybody riding this Metro bus. But mostly for TikTok. <laughs> this is unfair for people like you to use your privilege because you don't want to wear a mask. Sorry. She says, you're going to go viral. As far as I'm concerned, anybody who uses seriously in a sentence <laughs> privilege is not to be taken seriously, is an unserious human being. Uh, let's see. We played Charlotte Bennett, right? What were you thinking as he's asking you these questions? I thought he's trying to sleep with me. The governor is trying to sleep with me. And I'm deeply uncomfortable and I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. What made you think that he was trying to sleep with you? Without explicitly saying it, he, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. Yeah, that'll do it. There's no surprise there. Obviously, he was trying to sleep with her. I think we all know that. Of course. I mean... Now, I also got another situation here. Okay. Uh, hold on. There's an, there's an ad playing in our situation, so I need a moment. Okay, here we go. Anthony Fauci is ticked off about this Texas stuff. He wants names. He is not pleased that you're showing a degree of liberation in mm -hmm. Texas. No masks, no whatever. And uh, this guy... He has turned into a thug with a baseball bat right. you know, sent uh, by the teachers' unions to bust heads. It just is inexplicable In why one you speaker. want to pull back yeah. now. I <laughs> Even understand I noticed that. the need to want to get back to normality. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. It's only coming through one speaker. It's not in stereo, so half of you probably didn't hear anything. He says it's just inexplicable why we would want to pull back now. It's not just Texas, though. I mean, this is... A few states are doing this. Even Massachusetts is like reopening some stuff. Ned indoor Lamont. dining is back. Connecticut is back. In no more limits on indoor dining. Mississippi. I'm forgetting one. I forget which one it is. Um, and you know, this is the numbers are going down. This is undeniable. This thing follows a wave pattern and it goes up and it goes down and we're on a down. And this is the time. Like if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna open stuff, the moment is now. You know, I think it's smart for the states to be doing this, uh, you know, free people when you can, because if there is another wave and we don't have enough people vaccinated, then we're going to have the same problem coming up. So, you know, it's better to open things at times when you can. And we're absolutely entering a time when we can be open. I mean, Florida's just been open the whole time and they their numbers, frankly, for over the winter aren't any worse than a lot of these places that have been totally locked down, like California or New York. They're better than those places. So, you know, I mean, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. I'm not sure that it's, you know, a credit to Ron DeSantis A brand new streaming program, 60 Sorry. minutes plus. 
that um, that he's kept COVID low. I mean, I think to a degree, Tom's big on saying the the disease does what it wants, but and but I think to an extent that that's true. That like this follows a cyclical pattern, like the flu does or whatever. And nobody suggests like if we have a bad flu season that like, well, just not enough people wash their hands this year. I mm-hmm. guess like that doesn't. That's not the way we act about the flu. This is also an illness. It's a more contagious illness than the flu. So I don't know why we act this way about COVID. It's very bizarre to me. Right. Well, it's so twenty 2020, twenty twenty one that we'd use it <clears throat> mm-hmm. as a. Uh, or as a test of um, of uh, your morality. So here's the Q and A, Shaman, uh, the guy with the uh, antlers, who was in the Capitol. Dudes, hey, on this country, do you understand that? No, they were not, ma'am. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate entirely. How would you describe them? My actions, personally, on January sixth. My actions on January 6th, how would I describe them? I like that. My actions personally? It's like, uh, no, River Phoenix's actions personally. Well, I sang a song, and that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the break room. I also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring God back into the Senate. But Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. Yeah, but Sheila, he wears antlers. Okay, <laughs> and that is he saved the muffins, Sheila. <laughs> And that is the one very serious regret that I have, was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Do you s- I like that. It's the one regret he has. It wasn't, you know, spending $184 on pelts to wear. Still believe you're a patriot? I consider myself a lover of my country. I consider myself a believer in the Constitution. I consider myself a believer in truth and our founding principles. I consider myself a believer in God. There you go. Here's I'm surprised guy. his lawyer let him do this. To I think his honest. lawyer has said, remember his lawyer they interviewed him in the, in the beginning mm-hmm. and he was like, ah, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> he had antlers in the middle of the Senate. He was like, there wasn't a camera he wasn't on. <laughs> oh, poor Jacob Chansley. I do. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that these people were a planned insurrection. I mean, I certainly, you touched on this with VB, but, um, this whole thing about the March 4th thing is just bizarre. I mean, I don't know that anybody was promoting March 4th except FBI agents pretending to be QAnon people. Mm-hmm. I would very much like to know, like, what percentage of the people talking about March 4th being a thing were, like, federal agents. Because I think it's a significant number of them. Because I, I, from what I understand, like, when I've tried to look into this to see, like, what these so-called threats were and stuff, it seems to me... That most of the QAnon people were saying, like, don't do anything on March 4th. They're trying to frame us. This is a false flag and nothing should happen on March 4th. So I don't I mean, first of all, take any right wing extremist movement and like half the people in the movement are federal agents trying to catch people. Oh, totally. And so and now like this and this like threat on March 4th, I just I don't buy that there were any actual right wingers planning to do anything on March 4th. I just don't. I I mean, it and I'd like to see if they have some proof of what they what intelligence they had that someone was 
actually plotting something and they want to show us that to explain why they need to keep the National Guard in the Capitol for another two months. I would love to see that because I I don't buy it. I think they just enjoy having barbed wire and National Guard troops everywhere. I, I really do. Like, I think they would never let another one of us plebeians into another federal building again if they could get away with it. I, re- I really like they don't like having to have the hoi polloi in there and they would love it if they could just ban us all from ever coming into their special federal district ever again. Yeah. Well, and I do. I, and I double down on what I said with VB, you know, keeping a true presence in there shows that we're still under uh, siege from mm-hmm. evil Republicans. And that's you and me and the people of antlers are all the same. And they've been doing and it's white, the white supremacists too. And they've conflated all these things. One I mean, thing. and these are, the people that were in the Capitol are nuts and they, you know, behaved completely inappropriately. Everybody ought to know that we're not allowed to storm the Capitol just because the police line breaks and they're not resisting you anymore. That doesn't mean that, you know, that you're supposed to be smashing through the windows and going after Congress people. Like, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like common knowledge to me that when you want to go to the Capitol, you have to like fill out forms and yeah. do stuff and have your ID and go through a metal detector. Generally, that's like been my experience of visiting federal buildings. Well, but... it does seem like some people just walked right in and they were let in. So Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's true. But I also, I mean, you and I have traveled in Washington, D.C. and even other federal buildings, like even like our courthouses in Massachusetts, you have to like go through metal detectors and stuff, right? Like, you don't get to just walk in any door or, like, climb through any window and get to come in, right? I mean, don't you think that that's, like, pretty common knowledge that, like, that there's not, in general, like, the part of the White House tour isn't putting up your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk? Yeah, (laughs) could go either way on that. So I just, I don't know, I, like, don't... I think that these people thought that it was fine, probably, but I also, uh, I don't know. I I feel badly for them, but I I don't think that what they did was correct still. And I think that that a normal person who's you know not crazy does. I think that most non crazy people, most people who aren't wearing furs and antlers, know that there's more of a process to get into uh, the Capitol typically than what what they were doing. I am looking at our our mess- mentions in the United States too. Oh, no, no, okay. I'm sorry, in Twitter. Okay. And there's some very good there's some very good stuff here. Now we had a submission for the swear that I needed. Okay. Because I needed a word. I'm not allowed to blaspheme anymore. There's been a lot, an uproar about that. And some people don't want to hear the swear swears because they're trying to listen in their cars and they don't want their kids mm-hmm. to be hearing that. And that's understandable. So, uh, Alice, I have gotten a submission. We just got one, right? Uh, you not even, you've not had even a few. Familiar? Oh, you've yeah? had a few, yeah. How come I can't see any of them right Tactical now? Preppy told you one. Okay, yeah. And he Toast did the told one you from, one. Okay, so let's... Tactical Preppy told... told, told us the one from Firefly, mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually is something that when Alice Shattuck and Tom Shattuck were first dating was something that we were yeah, both. I taught you, you about were Firefly. you you okay? You taught me about Firefly. I'm sorry. Okay. She got me into Firefly, and we really kind of got into it. My brother used to be into it, and we used to mention just how cool it was that they had their own swears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, okay, what is the one from Firefly? Um, Goram. Or- Goram. Yeah, like instead of 
GD? Goddamn, yeah. Okay, Goram. Huh, Goram. I wonder what his thought was for using that. I mean, I think the thought was it sounds enough like it that people can tell and it can't be canceled on network television. Okay, so I like that, Goram, Goram, although it's still not offensive enough. But and then I, it he is... had one from another sci-fi show that I forgot what it was because I didn't watch that show. Are you able to find that message? Yes. Because I, I forgot where it was. It's in Twitter messages. Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica fracking. Oh, original Battlestar Galactica. I guess I don't know. I didn't. With Dirk Benedict, who I met, the and didn't f- want. It me says the recording. first reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. Well, that has one of the f- Firefly girls person. on it. Actually, that has the prostitute from Firefly in it. I think oh, that's mainly the reason your brother watches the whole show. Actually. Yes. You wow. You're just <laughs> attacking Italians, attacking your own <laughs> brother-in-law. Um. Yeah. And uh, okay. So, in what else is there? Toast? And then toast suggested you say sugar. Oh come on, toast! You know what? That's what somebody with class would say, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Sugar. It's such a and fudge. Oh wait, I see which where she's going with this. There's a resemblance, mm-hmm. similarity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna work. Fudge is something I hold sacred to, for obvious reasons. You know, well, actually, I don't know if this is true or if this is apocryphal, but I always learned that. The word fudge was invented because making fudge was an accident. And, like, the person said, oh, so you oh fudged fudge. it up? Oh. No? I don't know. The, the person you know said, what? oh, fudge. And I the, love yeah. apocryphal as a word, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it always sounds like something much more serious happened. It than, just means you don't know where it came from. Well, then it means... No, I thought it meant it was false, of false origin. It doesn't origins. necessarily mean that it's false. It means of unknown But it origin. sounds like apocryphal. Sounds like, oh my God, there's mm-hmm. lightning involved and there's something big happening. Maybe you would like my Bible studies podcast after all. There's even apocrypha, which are apocryphal books of the Bible. Mm, I don't know. We'll you see. You don't do apocrypha? What's, what about pseudo-epigrapha? Oh, Jesus, Alice. I mean, <laughs> oh, dang it. See, I said something there. I use the the thing there. All right. Uh, any else other housekeeping we have to do, Alice? Or we should we say goodbye? Well, I have a COVID update from my sister and her roommate, uh, which is that they can't taste or smell anything now. They both got symptoms around the same time, about um, a week ago, and uh, now they can't taste anything. So they've been going around their apartment, tasting all the foods and seeing what they can taste, and apparently not much. So I guess the thing is, is like your taste buds still work. So you can still taste if something is like sour or salty or spicy or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you can't taste any of the flavor of it because that's all like based on your nose and like your brain interpreting it. And so they think like COVID affects that part of your brain. And so um, like a lemon and a lime she says like you can taste a lemon and taste a lime and you can taste that they're sour like your tongue tells you that it's sour but you can't taste any you can't tell the difference between mm-hmm. the two of them because that's all like other flavorings that normally your like sense of smell is it's, it's an olfactory thing oh damn. so so they can't taste anything they're hoping it comes back they've been doing olfactory training they've been on google and i guess you can like try and train your uh your brain cells to come back and try. <laughs> Do and we have smell emails, Alice, too? Because I got one from Blind Owl Pod, I think it was mm-hmm. called, and I haven't had a chance to look at your blog yet. Blind Owl, I don't want to out this guy. It could be sensitive. Um, BlindOwlBlogs.com. And do you have a podcast too? 
Apparently. He should let me know if he does. I'll, I'll read this again. And I'll get back to you uh, over the weekend. Hopefully, I'll have time mm-hmm. to do this. We're crazy this week. Um, we've had a few <coughs> plow name submissions, too. Plow? Oh, yes. Oh, fantastic. You want plow name submissions? Well, I don't want you to be mad at me again if I do plow Jeez. humor, which I thought was the greatest thing in the world. I have the Boston Plow Party. Oof. All, all plowing is local. The plows are coming. <sighs> Who's sending this? <laughs> Someone you know, so you're about to make an enemy. Uh, make way for plows. Why is this happening? <laughs> you, that's way, you can't, that doesn't compete with, uh, what's it, uh, uh, C3 Plow, what was it? I don't remember. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Plow B1 Kenobi, what no, was it? No, I don't know what it was. Come on, how about... Um, <laughs> Snow B1 Kenobi. Oh, F. Salt Fitzgerald. <laughs> Come you on. Salt <coughs> These um, can't compete so far. I'm sorry. And, uh, and I actually have a problem with, with I had um, ducks. Plow, with plow the, That's not bad. Plow Revere is not bad. <laughs> um, Whitey D. Icer. I don't know if I get that. I don't get it either. Uh, These are not hitting the mark, Alice. I don't know. So I think that's all there is for for plow names. Who else has the circle back song in their head? Okay, we'll circle back with you. Uh, certainly. Oh wait, I do have one update from Florida. Paul from Florida mm-hmm. uh, tells us that um, he got the vaccine um, on February thirteenth. He got a call from his medical care provider and was provided with a vaccine, and they scheduled his follow up appointment at the same time. Fifty seven years old. So I don't understand a Neanderthal state somehow managed to get it done. How is that yeah. possible? I thought DeSantis was killing yeah, everybody. Yeah, Ryan in Plastow has gotten a vaccine too. Good man, Ryan. Alice was just in. Uh, I was in Plastow today, today, getting chicken feet at the Tractor Supply yeah. Co. I also stopped by the Market Basket. Packed that's, market. That's basket. a horrific ma- market basket. <laughs> what do you mean horrific? The one in Plastow? Yeah, is not great. It, it's it the, is. the worst one of all of them. Is Newburyport? Uh, <laughs> shockingly enough, because you'd think it would be better. But I don't think so because I think <laughs> Newburyport type of people don't go to Market Basket. But they don't have a Whole Foods. Yeah, but they have a really nice Shaw's. It is a pretty good Shaw's. Anybody outside of Massachusetts does not. Know what <laughs> yeah, we're speaking Just foreign. Language. Imagine Win Dixie and whatever supermarkets that you uh, can. Great week, everybody. We'll get uh, more craziness next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, we're all in this together. Two more hogs got the fever. Um, you can send us your plow name submissions on Twitter. We are at Burn Barrel Pod. You can also email us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can, uh, I don't like that. Come on. You can send them to us on Facebook, too. They are. Um, I really don't like that. Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Or on YouTube, too. Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. (laughs) Do you remember, by the way, that once you did that to me and then you left the echo on and the next show I was echoing and you blamed me and my computer? That's right. And it was you? You had left the echo on? What a a gorum jerk you married. I know. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.